Just to kind of start off, because it's always interesting talking about relationship series, I figured I'd go ahead and tell you uh, probably the worst date um, that, not that I had been on, but I had a friend that had been on. I mean, there's a bunch of other really bad dates, but this one, I think, just kind of takes the cake. Uh, so my, my friend, we were just out of college, and uh, she had family members um, basically set her up with a guy that they all knew. And it's one of those things, he had just gotten out of college, she's gotten out of college. Uh, it came, they're like, this guy's an incredible guy, he's got this, this, and this, he has this going for him, and she has this, and she's like, okay, but show me a picture. And so she showed him the picture, and it was good. Uh, it, it was good, he was good looking. And, um, and she's like, can I, can I see something based on like next to something so I can see how uh, big or tall he is? Uh, and they sent her another picture, and so that was good. Um, and so they're hanging, they, they decide to go on this date, and it starts off incredibly well. He sets it up where they go to one of her favorite restaurants, and after that, they go to literally her favorite band had a performance going on, and so they were going to go to that. And so they go to dinner. It's great, great conversation. He does what every guy should do is ask questions and listen, not talk. And so he does that the entire time and really asks about her life and really actually listens and talks back, uh, not just stares at her blankly. And so it's going great. Uh, they continue. They go to the band. She's like, how did you know this? He he goes, it's my favorite band too. And it's like, whoa, like it's just right off the bat. Like they're just thrilled about life. They go, they're both singing the same lines out loud. They're singing together. Like it's just an incredible night. At the end of the night, they head back and they say their goodbyes. I mean, she is already in her mind thinking about her name with his last name. Um, like she is writing it in her mind. She's deciding that it is good. And this is what God wants for her life. Like it is all happening. And so where they were ending their night was kind of dark. And uh, at the end of the night, he went in to go give her a kiss on the cheek. And what neither of them knew at this point was that there was a white head that developed on her face. And so he went in to kiss her on the cheek. And as he kissed her, the white head popped. And um, popped into his mouth. And he felt it, of course, and she felt it, too. And she looked at him as he pulled away, and he wiped off his mouth. And she said they both looked at each other with an understanding that we will never talk again. <laughs> we just, you can't move past this. I can't continue to date you after that happens. And so, to me, that was like one of the worst ones because it was going so incredibly well. And then just about one of the worst things that could possibly happen. Now, let me say this, and I have to say this at the beginning of every dating series, and I messed up last time I did it. I did the second weekend. I'm going to say it the first week. If I look at you at a certain point, it's not because I know your life. It's not because I know your situation that you're going through, and I'm purposely looking at you because I feel like you need to get this point, okay? Because here's what's going to happen. I'm going to say a certain point. You're going to be like, he knows, like, you're, you're going to think it. I had this happen so many times last time I did this message. They're like, why are you looking at me when you're talking about that? I'm like, I have to look somewhere, all right? I have to look somewhere. Literally, at one point, I'm talking about something, and I'm like, who can I look at? And I looked at a married couple in the back because I figured that was safe. And they come up to me, like, so why were you looking at, miss, when you said that? I'm like, you're not even dating anymore. Like, come on. And so let me just say this. Uh, it, that's not going to be the way it's going to be. But if you... If you feel convicted, that's not me, that's God. Um, that's him working there, that's not me. Uh, but let me, let me just say this. There will be times in this series where you will not like what I say. Um, it will make you feel uncomfortable or you will just straight up disagree. Please don't 
write this series off because of that. Please think about this. Please uh, take it in. Get as much understanding as you can. But let me just say this. When we all are talking about certain stuff, if you feel guilt, that's not from God, okay? Conviction is from God. Here's what conviction is. Conviction is, yep, you realize what you've done is wrong, but I'm here to help you with it. That's what God does. If it's just straight guilt, as in I'm in a horrible situation, there's nothing I can do, I can't get out, that's from the enemy, and he wants you to feel that way because he wants you to stay doing exactly what you're doing. And so I say that, um, even though I say that, you're still going to go like, why is he looking at me? I, I have to look somewhere, guys. I'm sorry. I just do. I could just stare at my wife, but that would be awkward for everybody also because I'd just start smiling and she would smile and you guys would be like, ew, that's gross. And so we're doing this series. And so here's what's interesting. We're starting off today with a topic that you're probably not expecting um, because you're like, hey, we're going to a relationship series. We're going to talk about relationships. But today we're actually going to be talking about singleness. Uh, we're going to be talking about your singleness, and I'm going to give you an idea that we probably don't understand. That's our, our singleness determines the success of our relationships. What we do right now in our singleness is so important. Here's what we go back to, and this is what most series start off with, is you talk about how God created the world, he created the animals, he created Adam, and Adam and God were there, and God said it was good. And, so, and then Adam's doing whatever he's doing, and then somewhere along the way, God looked at Adam, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. We don't know what Adam was doing, he probably just setting stuff on fire, like who knows what Adam was doing. God was probably just getting annoyed with him. He's like, I need something else here. Whatever it was, he said, this is not good. And so he gave him woman. But, and so we get focused on that, especially in the Christian world. We think, oh, it's all about that relationship. It's all about that part. But really what we miss is the first relationship was not man and woman. It was man and God. And so the precursor to a successful relationship between two people is a relationship with God. And let me just say this, your single time right now is incredibly important, and it's actually a gift. And some of you are like, yeah, I would like to send that back. Um, It's a gift, though, and many of us waste it. There's many different ways that we waste it. We either waste it on people or we waste it just waiting or we waste it doing things that actually give us more baggage to bring into a relationship. But what I want you to do is to not think about your singleness as a waiting game, but a time where you have an opportunity to do way more. I mean, just just think about it for a second. I'll give you a glimpse into my life. Right now, you have more time and money to just spend on yourself. You do. For me, um, when it's myself, my wife, uh, my son, Hal, and two foster kids, that means like every meal that we have is five people eating. Take that. Every single day, I feed 15 meals to people. People are like, where does your money go? 15 meals a day. I mean, everything that I do, whenever we go on vacation, it's way more things. Whenever we go anywhere, I mean, even the types of cars that we have, I mean, I have a minivan right now. That it is a horrible blue color. I don't even know why so many minivans are light blue. It doesn't make sense. Like, why would you make it that color? But we have it. Not because it's awesome. Not because I feel cool, but because we have so many people that we needed something more. I mean, everything we do, I mean, even in my house right now, to get to a place, let's say, like, I just want to actually talk to God. That's a crazy thought as a pastor, but I want to get alone and do that. I can't get away. I have to leave my house to get silence. I will tell my son, hey, um... Can you uh, not, uh, daddy's studying, and he'll be like, okay, literally five minutes in, hey, I love you. Thanks, man. You want to hang out? No, I can't. I got to study right now. Okay, five minutes later, does the same exact thing. Guys, right now, you have the ability to selfishly make your life as good as possible, to selfishly make yourself 
as good as possible. And actually, it says this in 1 Corinthians. This is kind of interesting. This is Paul speaking. Uh, in chapter 7, verse 32, he says this. He says, I want you to be free from the concerns of life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking about how to please him. But a married man has to think about earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Here's what Paul's saying. He goes, right now, as you're single, you have more time in your life to make yourself complete. You have more ability right now to make yourself complete. He's saying singleness is this gift from God that allows you to do so much more. You will never be more uninhibited and more free to work solely on yourself. And let me just say this. The reason why this is so important is because marriage is important. What you do right now leads into marriage, and marriage is a covenant between you and God. It's something that we don't go into lightly. It's supposed to be this, in, this agreement with God where we say, we're going to stay with this person. And let me say this. If you're going to enter into marriage, before you enter into marriage, and this is a crazy thought, you need to know who you are. Many people go into marriage to find out who they are. That's the wrong way of doing it. You need to find out who you are. And in fact, the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about identity. And you need to believe who you are in God. You need to believe who God says you are. You need to have a confidence in who you are before you will ever be able to affirm who somebody else is. Because here's what happens in marriage. Two people come together to learn who they are, and both of them are looking for the other person for affirmation. And both of them hold out on affirming the other one because they want the affirmation first. Because until they get affirmation, they're not confident that they're even good enough. And so we've got to understand that. We can't go into marriage not knowing who we are. We've got to figure out who we are right now. And let me just say this. If you don't know who you are, you're not going to pick right. You're not. If you don't know who you are, you're going to pick for what is good right now, not what you truly need. You're going you're gonna to pick somebody for, for what fills a hole right now, what fills a problem right now, but not what actually is good. It says, you know, when you do marriage, uh, when we have the actual ceremony, we say something, you know, we talk about how two become one. It says in the Bible, two become one. And a lot of times we, we refer to that as sex, but it's not just sex. It's having the same mindset, souls coming together. And the only way two people can become one is if they're going after the same thing. It's only if both people are going after God can it be even possible for that to happen. See, divorce is not just the ripping apart of a relationship. It's the ripping apart of two souls. And for those of you in here that have been divorced, those of you in here that were, uh, your parents have been divorced or you've seen divorce, you've seen how messy it gets and how problematic it gets when people don't take it seriously in the beginning. We can't take marriage lightly. We can't. We've got to decide this time is very important. Let me just say this. I want to just go ahead and throw away a myth real quick um, because a lot of people think this. They're like, I don't need to work on myself because God already chose for me who I'm going to marry and I will just know. Um, Some of us believe this and we've been told this. Let me just say this. God doesn't choose who you're going to marry. Okay? He will put people in front of you, but he's not going to choose who you're going to marry. And, and let me just explain it this way. This will make a little bit more sense. Think about it. Uh, Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we can go to heaven, and then God gives us that choice. If God doesn't make us choose him, why would he make us choose a spouse? And so God hasn't chose that person. So, and here's why I say this, because people come up to me all the time, no, 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 you don't understand. This is from God. I'm like, 
bless your heart. No. And they're like, well, there's this sign. People love signs during relationships. Sign of this, sign of that. Well, this happened and oceans came on. I'm like, I don't care if oceans came on. Like that doesn't mean that God put this person in front of you. God's going to put several people in front of you that you could date and could make incredibly good spouses. And depending on where you are in your life is whether or not you can go after that. But God doesn't choose just one person for you. That's not a good thought to have because it makes us start to think the wrong way. It makes us start to think that the person we're with, well, maybe God just didn't choose them. And this happens in marriage. I've heard people say this before who are married. Well, this wasn't who God chose for me. I'm like, how do you know? How do you know? God doesn't choose that for you. Guys, what we get to do right now is you get to work on becoming as complete as possible. Let me just say what it means to be complete, okay? Here's what it means to be complete. I no longer look for someone to provide what I should be relying on God to provide. I no longer look for someone to provide what I should be relying on God to provide. Because when we look for God things in people, it creates desperation, and desperation leads to bad decisions. Guys, if you're, if you're looking for the security that only God provides in a person, it's not going to be as good. If you're looking for, uh, to fix loneliness the only, the, the, with some other person that God is supposed to be taking that place, it's not going to be good. If you're looking for someone to affirm you or give you identity, it's not going to be as good with somebody else because you can't replicate God's character in any of us. Anything that's supposed to replicate God's character that I'm doing is going to be half as good, even if that is what God can provide. And so the way we look at completion is, what is it that I should be looking to God for that, somebody, that I'm looking to somebody else right now? Because here's what's going to happen. If you don't do that, you will get desperate. You will make bad decisions based on what your current emotional needs are at that point, not who you should truly be dating. And let me just say this, and this is going to, I already know who this is going to make not happy. Um, if you're not married in this room, uh, you're single. Uh, if the wedding bells haven't rang yet, you're single. And here's why I say this. Many times we look at how far we are in a relationship as a reason not to have a critical conversation. There is no part in a relationship where you don't get to have a critical conversation. There's no part in a relationship where you get to go, well, you know what? We've come this far. I owe it to them. No. Because it is better for you to break off an engagement than it is for you to get married to somebody that you're not supposed to. And I know that goes against what we believe, but our relationship status shouldn't determine whether or not we have hard conversations or ask hard questions because our singleness is our foundation for our marriage. And guys, I care about this so much because I spent so long in ministry, 13 years in student ministry, watching families break apart. I've seen the devastation that happens. I've seen how hard it is. Divorce is literally the worst thing that can happen to you relationally. Can God bring you back from that? Absolutely. But in that moment, I heard somebody actually say this. They said, uh, death is something, if someone dies, you know, it, that's just the end of it. Divorce is like a death every time you see them again. And it takes time to get over, and it's not easy. And, and let me just say this. As you are in this series and as you're going through your life, just know this. You will grow less in a relationship than you will being single. And, and here's why. Most time spent in relationships is maintenance of the relationship. You're, you have to worry about their feelings and what's going on in their life and helping them. Whereas when you're totally single, you can focus on you. Because it's very simple. If your singleness sucks, so will your marriage. It will. If you're one of those people that's like, single, I just hate being single. This is so bad. Well, guess what? When you get married, it will get bad again. 
Because here's, here's what happens. People that are single and they finally get that relationship, they get in the honeymoon phase where everything is great. And everybody's like, hey, there's glaring problems. You're like, no, but we love each other. And then you get married and four years down the road, real life happens and you're like, we, we're right back to the same place. Except now, not only are you worried about your own issues, you're worried about somebody else's too. Because we have to focus on that right now. Marriage is not this magical day, and people believe it. It's not this magical day where she wears white, he wears black, and all of a sudden this angel comes down and picks up all your baggage and takes it away. That's not the way that it works. That that would be incredible, but that's not the way that it works. It's not like all of a sudden just having this one day solves everything. And that's why so much, like, I I hate this saying, and if you said it, that's fine, that's fine. I just, I hate this saying, my wife has said it to me, um, you complete me. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it because, and here's why, you're already supposed to be complete when you get married. You're already supposed to be there. If someone completes you, what happens when you grow and you don't need that side anymore? What happens is, as the relationship goes on, they go, I don't want to provide this anymore. All you're doing is taking and taking. Guys, you're not looking for someone to complete you. You're looking for someone to add to who you really are. Marriage adds to us. It doesn't complete us. I mean, think about it this way. Paul, the writer of half the books of the New Testament, a, a guy that started a ton of churches, was never married. Did he fulfill his purpose? Absolutely. I mean, this is kind of a, a, a crazy, I mean, we can talk about Jesus and you're like, oh, well, it's Jesus. Jesus was never married. Was he able to complete his purpose? Absolutely. Mother Teresa was never married. Was she able to complete her purpose? There's a lady, uh, a girl named Katie Davis that at the age of 18 moved over to Africa and adopted 13 girls and helped support them and was doing incredible things at 18, not married. Was she fulfilling her purpose? Absolutely. Is it possible to fulfill your purpose for God outside of marriage? Yes. Singleness is not a time to wait until the next place. It's not something that you go, well, once I get married, I can really do something good for God. No. Singleness is a time where you can unabashedly use this time to do what God wants you to do. Because here's the deal, guys. Marriage doesn't hide your issues. It exposes them. It exposes them. It's amazing how one-on-one time with the same person every single day for a long period of time, everything comes out. It does. And it's random, too. You'll just be sitting there and be like, hey, so why do you do that? Do what? What are you talking about? That didn't happen. But right now, what you do, you have an opportunity to be self-aware. And here's what's tough about being self-aware. Being self-aware means you need to really look at yourself, but you need to allow other people in your life to tell you where you're missing it. And we don't like that. That's not fun. But we have an opportunity to truly work on the things that are wrong. For example, I I was sitting down with my wife on the couch, and I was like, hey, so I'm talking about being self-aware and understanding the places that we didn't know. I'm like, "What's, what's some bad habits that I had? before we were married that I didn't know about. And she just kind of paused, and I was going, oh, she can't, she can't think of any. <laughs> she was getting the list together is what was happening. <laughs> and she literally started, well, you do this, and you snore, and you blah, blah, blah. And for all of you, oh, I'm not going to marry a guy that snores. You may snore. You don't know. For most people, it's only like 10% of the time. But anyway, you do this, you do that. And then one of the things that she, she focused on was you um, fidget all the time. Like you can't sit still. Like, it's impossible. I remember when she first brought this up to me. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm like, yeah, I do the leg thing every once in a while, but I'm fine. I don't fidget. She goes, no, you fidget all the time. I'm like, yeah, right. Go ahead and show me. And so I remember we're literally in a conversation with somebody else, and she goes, there. I'm like, what? She goes, you're fidgeting. And I was freaked out. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm sitting still right now. And then literally for the next month, was my, this was my life there. There. You're doing it there. And I'm like, fine. I fidget. I fidget. I fidget. I understand. It happens. And some of you are like, well, that's an easy one, how you can talk about. Well, come back for the baggage message where Chrissy and I will both be up here and talk about that fun stuff. 
But there's things that, that you need to work on, things that you need to see. Because if it's hidden right now, if, and this, I heard somebody say this, this is so good. If, you, if they knew you the way you knew you, would they still be with you? Because here's the deal. They will know you at that level at some point. If they knew you the way you knew you, would you still be together? Because if they know that, because at some time it will come out. That's why singleness is a time for growth. I love the verse in Ecclesiastes 3. It just talks about the time for. It says this, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. I don't know when that is. I've never done that. But... A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to search and a time to quit searching for Mr. Right. Um, A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time of peace. Guys, let me understand. I'm not against searching, but there are times to search and there's times to just allow God to work in you. And I hear people say it all the time. This is, these are the two main things that I hear from guys and girls and what they're searching for. Guys say, I'm searching for a Proverbs 31 woman, which if you haven't looked at it, the lady is amazing. Um, I don't think anybody can be that. But, uh, and then girls always say, I'm, lo- I'm looking for my Boaz. Not named Boaz, but I'm looking for that guy. And if you haven't looked up who he is in the book of Ruth, he's a, he's a pretty awesome dude. And what you do is when you look at these two people, let me just kind of point this out. Proverbs 31 woman was a boss. Like literally, not cool but she was a boss like she ran her own business she did everything she she was up in the morning she did, if you take away a man out of her life is she still complete absolutely you look at Boaz Boaz was actually an older guy this man had already made his business done what he was going to do in life he wasn't a college kid that said what he was going to do in life he had already done it like he had his life done he wasn't even looking for Ruth because everything was already there guess When you say you're searching for someone, are you searching for someone that's complete? And if you are, sometimes you just need to stop and allow God to put them in front of you. Guys, this is the best advice I've ever gotten for dating. And here's why I give you this advice is because many times we waste our time on dates we should never have. We waste our emotional um, energy. We waste what we have on these things. So best advice for choosing who to date, run as hard as you can after God and then look next to you. This is, I heard this when I was in, uh, in college or freshman year. I remember somebody saying this, and this is so important. When you date, you should be dating someone who is at the same speed as you, not someone who is limping along. Please, 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 please never date someone because they have potential. Like, I hate, I hate that word. He has potential. And you know what's interesting no one that has potential is ever ugly. Like, it really does seem like the better looking a guy is, the more potential he has. I'm like, well, what about that guy? No potential. I'm like, he has his own business. No, he doesn't have any potential. But I hear this all the time. I hear, oh, they have potential. Guys, two reasons. One, you don't need to waste your time on potential. And here's why. If you're in a relationship potential, potential will never fully form. Potential needs to form without you. Because if it forms with you, you are the crutch that allowed it to happen. 
Potential needs to form without you. Some of you go from relationship to relationship with potential on purpose. And let me give you a little bit of truth. Some of you in here um, are constantly trying to improve other people because you don't want to work on yourself. You're constantly focused on everybody else's problems because you're scared to actually look at your own problems. So if you're one of those people that's like, man, I always date people that need help, it may be because you need to turn the mirror on yourself and go, I need to work on me first. Because we don't need to waste our time on relationships. We need, we need relationships right now. We need non-dating relationships. We need people in our lives that are God-centered that will actually tell us the truth. You need people in your life that will tell you the truth. You need someone in your life that doesn't care that they don't want to date you. They don't want to see you naked. They don't want to be around you because hopefully one day you'll realize that they're the one that they've always been missing out on and not all of those other guys that are jerks, but you've been friend-zoned. You don't need any of those people. You need friends, friends that are absolutely truthful right now in your life. Those friends need to come before you actually go after the actual person you're going to date because you also need them around to tell you where you're not seeing things. She's beautiful. Yeah, but she has these things. He's awesome. Yes, but he still lives. Never mind. Anyway. Let me just say this. Uh, What the enemy cannot destroy, he distracts. Um, for some of you, it's not that he can destroy your relationship with God. It's not that he can get after where you're at, but he's going to distract you with people and things that you shouldn't be focused on. And some of you are in relationships or even have been in relationships that aren't good things. They're not bad things, but they're just distractions from what God wants to do. In Luke 10, 38 to 42, uh, this is great. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Martha was, her sister Mary was, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come up and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset all over these details. There is only one thing to be concerned about. Mary has discovered it and will not be taken away from her. Guys, if we want to maximize our singleness, we need to pay attention to God. There's so many times, guys, where God's sitting there, Jesus is literally sitting there going, hey, I want a relationship with you, but all we're doing is focus on somebody else. Guys, right now, as you're single, you you literally have this time where Jesus is sitting in your living room going, hey, let's spend time together. Let's spend a lot of time together. Let's go on a mission trip. Let's go on different things. Let's go on discipleship thing. Let's just go to the beach and talk. Let's spend time in worship. And he's just sitting there craving this attention from you, but all you're focused on is a snack. All you're focused on is something else that just doesn't matter. Guys, we need to focus on who we're dating and not looking for someone just to fill the void in our lives. And and I realize that's what's happening right now, especially. And one of the reasons I like doing this series right now is about to get cold. It's about to get the holidays. And sometimes we date just because our body temperature is low and we need somebody near us. (laughs) Or to show to our family members so they stop asking, so when are you going to get married? Whatever I want to. Guys, the reason we're doing this entire message at the beginning is I really want you to understand, your relationship right now with God, while you are single, will determine how good your relationship is when you're married. If your relationship right now with God sucks, it will suck when you're married. If your relationship with God right now is intermittent, it will be intermittent when you get married. If your relationship with God right now as you're single isn't great, when everything hits the fan in your marriage, it won't be good either. 
Because right now, you get to build a foundation. You get to start where God wants you to start and do as much as possible. Because you have more time right now to do what God's calling you to do. And what happens is, is when we totally maximize our singleness, it allows us to choose the person that fits us, not someone that just fits the moment. Let me just say this. If you, right now is the easiest time to pursue God. I know some of you are like, yeah, right. Life gets tougher. You have more people in your life, kids, marriage, all that. It becomes much tougher. There's more things going on, more people you have to care about. Right now is a time where you could totally focus on who God wants you to be, and I challenge you to do that. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for who you are. God, thank you that um, you allow us to talk about this. God, I know that this isn't an easy topic, but I pray that um, we understand it. God, I pray that uh, we, we really do look to invest in our relationship with you now. Um, God, I pray that we would put aside the relationships that we have that are just distractions. And God, I pray that we'd focus on you as much as possible. God, I pray that we go towards completion, just finding out who we truly need to be. And God, I pray that we'd surround ourselves with relationships that will just be absolutely honest with us. God, I thank you that uh, you give us your word, you give us an understanding of this. And God, I pray that we'll continue to grow in it today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.